The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 335 of On the Court of the Official Picture List.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the convert, Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? He's saying that because I got a MacBook last week. He got a Mac. Yeah. Well, I I, I had one in college. And oh, I didn't know that. I thought this was your first Mac experience. No, but I mean, it's been a decade. Um, wow. My, my laptop I had kind of got messed up and I need something on the road. And it's pretty Wait, cool. Was the, last, like was, was the last Mac laptop you had one of those weird ones that had like the, the blue or orange gel kind of look to it? Are you it serious? Like you're, you're talking the like last? the iMac from 2003 or like 2001. <laughs> you said a I decade had, ago. Yeah, I know. That's 2020. Uh, sorry, that's 2012, a decade ago, you know. I yeah. just so we're like, you know, olds and stuff fast. This is what's happening. Um, it was a white clamshell one. Ah. Yeah, yeah, it, was, it served good. me well. I, it, it made a lot do. of like grinding noises. I remember as it died. It's um, part of the fun, baby. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Anyway, it's a cool thing. Um, but we have the trade deadline coming. This is uh, we're recording this at you know late on on August first. Um, Quintana is is now cardinal, but we're going to get to all of those things. I'm doing this I uh, uh, trade deadline show with Paul Spore tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, from 4 to 7 p.m. on Twitch. So look out for that. And, I mean, it's the best time of the year, Fast. Really, the trade deadline is so hype. It is so much fun. Uh, I might be dropping in at the very tail end of of that uh, uh, Nick, and, Nick and Paul experience. So excited for that. And then also <laughs> the Nick and on. Paul experience. We should call it that. <laughs> I, I dig it. Um <laughs> Did you get I was I think it was a very fun trade deadline. You know, the Josh Hader one was the one that really came out of left field for a lot of people today. Oh, yeah, moved over to San Diego. Um, I will say, did you feel a little bit like it kind of cracked me up where it was like everything that we were seeing today was an opener. And then tomorrow's the main event with Juan Soto. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like we're, it's like we're at a great, it feels like we're at Lollapalooza and we've seen a lot of really good acts, mm. but we're just waiting for that big one. You know what so, I mean? So I would have a lot of smart things to say right now, but I'm just, my head went into the world of NAP, Nick and Paul experience. So we'd be NAP or 
if it's Paul and Nick experience, it would be pain. Pain is better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but mm, okay. I So join us for pain tomorrow. No, I can't wait. That's going to be a wonderful second day. Uh, I've just, I have one wish. And I'm so sorry, but uh, for everyone who is a fan of this team, but seeing you Darvish go there at the deadline, seeing Manny Machado go there at the deadline, seeing Scherzer and Trey Turner go there at the deadline, please for once when we have this massive blockbuster superstar, let it not go to the Dodgers. Yeah, that'd be nice. Let it go to the Mariners. Oh, that'd be great. That could be a trade. A lot of fun. Just not, just not the Dodgers, right? Oh, they got Mookie Betts in that offseason too. It's like they just get them all, you know? I'm surprised they didn't get Nolan Arenado. Like, yeah. Ah, just no, just I can see one. that. Them, uh, uh, Soto going to a contender as opposed to like a an obvious runaway. I mean, yeah, like uh, they're all contenders, of course, but going no, to, to make like, it exciting down the stretch or so. Yeah. Yeah. I was I, even I kind of excited that. by Trey to, to to Houston. I mean, I thought that was kind of fun out of out of left field. Um, oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, you okay? You're right. I I was great, man. I I'm all about it. Like, you know, but, but but are you though? Are you, you're like a couple games back from the wild card. This listen, okay. Well, I didn't want to do this in this because this is the this is not the Nick and Alex baseball show. <laughs> even though we're recording with a little banner that says the Nick and Alex baseball show. Yeah, I'm all about trey getting traded i this is not a team that is a playoff team they are uh-huh. so much fun and they have given me such an adley rutschman i am so jealous of adley rutschman what do you oh just because he's such a good hugger as that ben paul yeah well he, he yeah he's he, he he is just so happy and a wonderful player to root for i mean i do it from here but for him to be on your team i he's one of those guys that i look from afar and go i am jealous that i don't have a mic there, there. I, and I, that I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm happy to share Adley with you. I, I tweeted a long time ago about me really wanting to trade Trey because while I understand the emotional connection, and of course I do. I'm a fan. Oh of yeah, I remember artists. this. I'm yeah. gonna miss him. But emotional connections do not win you World Series. And if your team as an organization can get better, which is what you need to do, you need to have a insane farm system to compete in the AL East. Then you need to do that. And the same fans who would say we shouldn't get rid of him because of the fan aspect are going to be saying, would be saying in two years, why do we keep losing in this division? Um, there was a conversation I got into with Mike Petriello where he was like, well, yes, but historically um, a, a player of his caliber is not necessarily going to return a lot on the market. And I very much understand that. But in this case, Something. we got the second or third best raised pitching prospect, right? Literally. If you don't, if you don't include Shane Baz, because he's almost at the threshold for for innings, even though he's injured, we got the second best raised pitching prospect according to FanGraphs. Um, so that's that's a that's I'll take that upside. Would you like to say his day. name for everybody listening? Uh, Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson. Or are you talking about the uh, Are you talking about the best pitching prospect? For the no, 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 no. The guy that you got. Yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Um, I believe it's Sam Johnson. I remember his last name is S. It's S. Johnson. Um, <laughs> that would be so funny if I was just butchering that name. Isn't his name like Samuel Johnson? Is it not? <laughs> I'm just. I'm just enjoying this moment. This is. I'm like frantically time. googling to make sure that I got the name right. That would be so freaking funny. Uh, if okay, here it is, 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 here it is. Seth Johnson, Seth Johnson. I Unbelievable. Seth. I know. Can you even call yourself a fan, you friggin' idiot? Um, <laughs> I, 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 I tweeted, uh, you know, erroneously that he was the second best um, pitching prospect for the Rays behind Baz, but that was from an older article. He's the third best pitching prospect. Oh man, so behind, that's not um, yeah. So that who cares then, right? 
Taj Bradley. Uh, anyway, listen, that's all we're here to talk about. There's going to be plenty of trade conversation and uh, uh, tomorrow, both with the Payne show and the Nick and Alice baseball show. Um, so there's going to be plenty of those things to have a conversation about. And we're going to get to those conversations tomorrow. But for now, we're talking about the top 100, although we are going to be focusing a little bit more on the trade candidates who have moved to different teams. Nick, uh, today's What's category. Theme? Is do you know one? Are you gonna make? Are you gonna make it up now, or do you have it prepared? Yeah. No, I, I'm. Gonna, I have it prepared. I'm gonna oh, say bands. God. I'm gonna say bands from the 70s and 80s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. So like, you can't do anything beyond the 90s. So no, like Pearl Jam, no Nirvana, anything like that. So we're looking for old funk, disco, classic rock bands. Um, any band from the 60s, 70s, or 80s. Even though the, I'm gonna give you a, a, a large reach to pull from i know most of your music expertise is more contemporary no so you know me i i take the most joy from creativity and pushing the bounds as much as i can the more Mm. restricting you give me the uh that is like the specificity of the theme like aqua yes i can say Mm. the word too you know i just did it clearly uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, like you give me the water theme or aquatic or whatever oh i could interpret that all these ways and i can do that spice i got you know now you give me no it has to be 60s 70s and 80s bands but it's all right i will want, figure I it out just, i'll just we'll just do no. 60s 60s no. bands is that better? no i got it i got it i'll, I'll be fine right. i'll figure this out okay all right so we got tier one then we got tier one, so we're gonna let's mm. kick things off. We know the category tier one, one through eight: Corbin Burns, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara, uh, Max Scherzer. He's back, my friends. You're wondering where he was gonna debut, and here he is at number five: Jacob Degrom, uh, Garrett Cole, Zach Wheeler, and Justin Verlander. What's it called, and why is it called that? I mean, this is called the uh, the White Album because it's a double of the Beatles. It's eight okay. people instead of four. Oh, very nice. I thought you were going to say because it's the Beatles' best, or it's a classic, or or no. whatever. But that, that I don't. Know. I don't think the White Album's my. F- I think Abbey Road is my favorite one. Yeah, I. I, I can. Ro- Revolver is the second too. for me. I can get on the Abbey Road train because I think at yeah. that point they were all distinct in what their next steps were, and they were all very comfortable with how they felt musically. But anyway, um, one thing that we should probably talk about before we get to the Jacob Degrom conversation is. Uh, Every once in a while, you're going to see a little bit of a blip from guys in the top eight. Uh, we haven't really seen a blip from Shane McClanahan until this. What was that? Yeah, 1.5 uh, ticks down on the fastball, which is kind of astonishing. I, uh, Whatever. I mean, I, I think you've done enough that you, you're allowed to give a guy a bad day. Mm-hmm. And some days you just got to do that and push away the anxiety. You know, it happens. Yeah, I I can't imagine. Yeah, I'm just taking a quick glance, and I'm 99.9% positive. It is correct. Far and away, the lowest CSW of his year. The only oh, time yeah. he had a CSW below 30%, and he had a 24% CSW. He still picked up 12 whiffs, which is fine. Uh, but yeah, really just not there for him. So what? Just keep an eye on. If you see that velo down again in the next start, then I'm going to start monitoring. I'm sure there'll be some discussion about it, but also velocity, velocity isn't everything. It's just, it's more alarming when it's velocity with ineffectiveness across everything too. Right. And uh, we've seen Carlos Rudan fluctuate a bit and still be effective. So 
hopefully McLaren had to. And also last year, he fluctuated a little bit, was dropping a little bit later in the year, but then was okay doing so. Just as long as he has the command, uh, it'll be all right. So hopefully we see that. Yeah, you got I mean, he's in terms of innings pitched, he's right where he was at the end of 2021 last year, although he's made five fewer starts because obviously he had a little bit of a shorter lead last year. But uh, hopefully he can just kind of bounce back. And we don't really need to worry about that. What if Jacob deGrom comes in and has what we can only define as a Jacob deGrom experience where, you know, eight, nine, 10 Ks and five, six innings and maybe one and run with two or three hits. Uh, is he just uh, what, what does he need to do to get up to one, two or three? I like the way you were saying it. each number had like two or three numbers assigned to it. And Jacob deGrom being him would produce all of those, right? Like he mm-hmm. would. He's so good. He gives you an eight strikeout game and a nine strikeout game in the same game. <laughs> but I uh, deGrom, if he's looking like deGrom after the first start, I think I push him all the way up to two. And the only concern then is. It, you know what is the injury history of the next two months sure. um think of right now as 2020 right we are experiencing now the 2020 season we have until uh the middle of the second week of october so it's like october 7th it goes a little bit longer like this podcast will um this year Very nice. and i uh, so it's like an extra three games or so three four games uh which means essentially yeah the game the season started the 24th of July um, in 2020. So keep that in mind. Uh, when we talk about the rest of the season, that's how short it is now. Right. And mm. Jacob deGrom. So that's like 10 sw- starts or so, right? 10, 12 starts. I, I think he can do that. Right. He should be able to, he's hasn't pitched for ages. They'll let him loose for that, especially with their playoff run ahead. They'll want to make sure that he's good to go. That's not like babying him. They're not going to watch the innings on 10, 12 starts. That's 70 innings or so. Um, yeah. Maybe for him, it's more like 80, but still. So I'm not too concerned about it. Um, I think probably after the second start of everything being A-OK, he'll be one again because it's Jacob DeGrom. He should be fine. And yeah, I'm the greatest. There was a comment that he's going to opt out after this year of of that contract. He wants to do that. He's got to be dope then, right? That's kind of what I'm, I'm curious to see how it unfolds. And if, if that's public knowledge, unless the Mets are planning to to work some deal with him, I wonder if they're like, all right, man, well, then have fun. Go pitch. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to tier two. This is nine through 17. Um, now, if you're looking at the site, you're probably going to see a good amount of negative ones. But that is, of course, because of Jacob DeGrom returning to the list, pushing a lot of people down. Uh, but tier two, nine through 17, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Shohei Otani, Clayton Kershaw, Brandon Woodruff, Alec Manoa, Aaron Nola, Dylan Cease and Max Fried. What's it called and why is it called that? And go with Led Zeppelin because they're all so good. But do they have the end of the year or the end of the career to really make it into tier one? Very lovely. Very lovely. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can talk a lot about physical graffiti, houses of the holy, stuff like that. that Those are great. Great. But That's a great presence in Coda and into the outdoor, not as strong. So hopefully yeah. we'll see. Okay. Um, the one person I want to talk about, as I mentioned, a majority of these guys falling because uh, Jacob DeGrom returning to the list, except for Alec Manoa, who has a lot of alarms that have just been rung, not just the comebacker, but the slider performance against the Tigers. You know, what's historically been a lot of his bread and butter. We're talking about just one whiff against Detroit, a team historically struggling against right hitters. Is that what kind of caught? Was that an easy decision then? Drop him a little bit below Woodruff, who's been cooking with gas a little bit more? 
So what happened here is, I mean, keep in mind, for the entire list, you have DeGrom and we have Peralta and Luzardo uh, who are returning, which means you get a negative three for a lot of guys, for half the guys, essentially. Um, and there's a negative one to all of these. So already Manoa gets minus one. And then I said, yeah, Woodruff deserves to go up. Manoa's bad start against the Tigers is, you know, not the greatest thing ever. But like McClanahan, fine, I'll let you have it. Let it have, you know, let Sidney Alcantara have his bad start too. Kershaw against Coors, all that stuff. Um, but Woodruff is doing his thing. 96.6 in the four-seamer last start, getting whiffs on it. It looks like the Woodruff that we signed up for. If he does this for two more starts, he kind of is a tier one guy. And by the way, Justin Verlander's there too. Hey, welcome, buddy. Mm, good to see you. Always good to see you, Verlander. Um, all right. Uh, the other person that I kind of wanted to uh, hint at a little bit uh, in this tier is is Carlos Rodon. Uh, and any any thought process you had about moving him up into that top tier as well, coming off that unbelievably dominant performance against the Cubs. I mean, was that just you thinking like, it's, it's, it's the Cubs and I need to see it one more time considering he's, you know, coming off of back-to-back outings, giving up five earned runs? Right. Carlos Rodon has always had this ceiling um, and the Cubs make it easier. Fastball velocity is not averaging 97 or even 98 or something like we saw this year, right? It's 95 and change now. I think he's slowing it down slightly um, and I don't think the slider actually was at its best in this one either. Uh, but he still 10 strikeouts, seven innings, two hits, right? Rodon's great. The concerns are still there. Okay, this is the moment now where we were discounting him in drafts. It yeah. wasn't the first two, three months. It was the final two months. So I'm curious what we're going to get. I'm going to be hesitant to push him to tier one because, yeah, I'm going to be looking around to make sure the coast is clear for a little bit. Okay. Let's move on then to tier three, which is 18 through 24. Logan Webb, Shane Bieber, Kevin Gaussman, Hugh Darvish, Robbie Ray, Pablo Lopez, Tony Gonsolin. What's it called and why is it called that? Um, I feel, I feel like these guys are not as loved as they should be um, by many. So I'm going to call them the deep purple tier. Really? Big Deep Purple fan over there? I just I just think that Richie Blackmore was a really good guitarist. Okay. And not enough people like realize, like, man, they had just so many good albums. You know, so many good, I, good songs. Do you know Rap Bat Blue? Want, Do you know that song? It's a great song. No, no, no. Exactly. I'm actually, I could never have named a guitar. I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable on music. I don't think I could have named the guitarist for, for, for Deep Purple. See, oh, yeah. Richie Blackmore was a, was a little different than the other guys. He wasn't as, like the big rock scene like oh yeah i'm a legend like jimmy page kind of thing he was in his own right but just didn't play the act like the others you know it's kind of weird yeah See, you learn all kind of things we're not just talking about pitching we're <laughs> here. um I, one of the guys who might not necessarily fall into that description perfectly though is kevin gausman i mean we, we've had conversations about him over mm. the course of the year you know the splitter goes away for a little while and you know that that's something that's happened in the past for him. We thought maybe he had kind of overcome this rough stretch, you know, bounces back, has a really good start against Boston. You know, he has that one injury kind of shortened start again, or the comebacker start against Tampa Bay before having an okay start against Kansas city's triple a team, getting 10 K's against Boston and then really just not doing well against the Cardinals, which makes sense. Um, the whip is just insanely high right now for Kevin Galsman. Was that the big determining factor in, in dropping him down? 
I mean, I look, I, I've been giving Dylan Cease a lot of uh, negativity because of his whip and to have Kevin Gaussman, who across the board has all this red on his pitcherless player page, except for the whip <laughs> at 132, 109th in the league among all starting pitchers is such an atrocity. Um, and it's like the 90s deep purple. Not all of it is amazing right now. Uh, there's going to be the one little sore thumb. Uh, but the thing is, he has a BABIP of 386. And I normally don't quote wild. BABIP uh, on the high end because we always just kind of assume it's going to go bad. But it just doesn't. It just keeps getting worse for him. 10.3 hit per nine after two straight seasons of under eight is insanity. Uh, it's an expected BABIP of 330 still. That's not that great. And uh, maybe it's Toronto. Maybe it's fastballs that are hittable. It's a 38% hard contact rate on his fastball this year, <laughs> which is higher than the 28% that he had in 2020 or, 2000, or, or in 2021. But I don't know. It's just the dude is so unhittable. Yet all of a sudden he lost all these hits. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to strike out everybody. Oh, wait, fine. They finally can swing me contact. Oh, it's a hit. You know, this is it feels very unfair, but he yeah, he has to fall the way down here. I don't think he's gonna stay at this level, but I have to be saying, look, like he's done it for this long this far. Maybe he does stick around a decent amount. I just love the maybe it's Toronto, maybe it's fastballs. Um yeah. <laughs> uh, I was wondering why you were laughing. I was like, what was so funny there? I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. You Darvish rises. Is that more because of his, you know, the fact that eight out of his last 10 starts have been quality starts, or is it more because of the guys behind him falling, or is it more solely because of that most recent start against Detroit with the 11 Ks? Well, he's got his ace is going to ace tag finally. Um, and I mean, last four games have been at least seven innings. Uh, his last game of six under six innings was May 13th. Yeah. Which is astounding. Absolutely yeah. astounding. It's under 20 Ks this year. I a, a 324 ERA and 0.97 whip. He deserved it. So come on up, you Darvish. Uh finally fast once again. You cannot be angry about you Darvish. I know this was yeah. our thing. If you guys have been listening to us for six years, first of all, <laughs> you are the greatest. Yeah. Um, we actually, yeah, yeah. Happy anniversary, by the way. Is it this um, week? I think it's it was last week, and we didn't not acknowledge it. Uh, is our anniversary the same as my wife and I's? It's like a, it's like a, I think it's like the twenty fourth or something like that. <laughs> I would have invited you to Santa. I would have no, it's the twenty eighth. I would have invited um, you to Santa Barbara to celebrate with us. Santa, yeah, there you go, right? Um, but, huh. but yeah, I at six years, and since the beginning, Fast has just been yelling at me about you, Darvish. Um, you, you, you really did not like you, Darvish. Uh, well, it was, it was, it was just the, the volatility. And, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, of course. And you didn't like that. The anxiety he induced. I get it. And 100%. also the home runs he induced, which induced the anxiety, but you know, and now maybe you can accept that Darvish is just really good. Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, no, I can't. Um, <laughs> they, uh, there's, there's certain days in the year that you, um, know are kind of fence posts for, um, other things. So for example, the first day where you can go outside after winter, you know, okay, I can, move where is this going? Uh, where is this going? Come along, hop on the ride. Uh, there are other examples, right? You oh, know, no. um, <laughs> Halloween happens and you know, okay, yeah. Thanksgiving and Christmas are about to come. We're in the uh -huh. clear. You know what I mean? Um, where I'm going with this is Pablo Lopez had his blow up 
Um, oh. And now, you know, okay, we're, we're there. We're past it. It's happened. Um, I'm being a little glib. He's had one or two five earned run performances, one six earned run performances against the Mets. But every once in a while, I feel like you really get a pure, utter clunker. That happened against the Mets this past week, two and two-thirds innings with six earned runs, no walks, and one K. I don't think there's any really need to panic because I feel like this happens once a year from him. Uh, do you disagree? No, uh, there's a joke about the Mets needing a starting pitcher. And this was inside the discord, which, which by the way, you got to be a part of it. There's a coupon code inside the list, by the way, you should sign up for it. Um, it's like 25% off. Anyway, um, if they trade him to the Mets, then he doesn't have to play the Mets. Mm. And that big brain move, because that is two terrible starts of six run runs. The only games of six run runs this year for Pablo Lopez were against the Mets. Uh, so he, they should do that, clearly. Duh. Game Duh. Over. Yeah. Um, no, he should bounce back. He always does. Um, for example, six runs runs against the Mets, hosted Rocky Road, zero and runs after. Five runs allowed against the Cardinals, two and runs after. Five and runs against Texas, one and run after. Like He's like Magnus Carlsen after a loss. He... He has the highest winning percentage ever. It's actually oh, well a, done. an astonishing number of how successful he is the day after a loss or the game after a loss. It's like, oh my God. Magnus is ridiculous. I know if no one knows who that is, fine. Did he just retire? Well, yes and no. He is the number one chess player in the world and has been for a while. And he decided, I've just been so good. I'm not going to deal with the National Chess Federation anymore. I'm just done. Or the international, right? And it's like, I don't want to go through all this stuff again. Like, I just want to live my life as like a, a celebrity, essentially, as the greatest. It's amazing. He's find like our other, best. Find He's me another younger. podcast. Find me another podcast. Not even a baseball. Just find me another podcast that goes from deep purple to chess. Uh, and 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 I'll find you five hundred dollars. Um, let's go to tier four twenty five. We'll just start a podcast. <laughs> like, oh, first episode, deep purple and chess. Come on down. Chess and 60s classics. Uh, Sponsored by Pitcher List. <laughs> uh, Luis Castillo, Julio Arias, Kyle Wright, Framber Valdez, Frankie Matos, Chris Bassett, John Gray, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider, and Loco Uzbek, uh, Freddie Peralta. What's it called and why is it called that? It's the perfect one. It's Metallica because they didn't become truly elite until the 90s. So it's 80s Metallica. Very good. Very good. Now, um, if people read the notes, they will probably have a good idea as to why Luis Castillo has fallen to um, and not risen. I should say the falling is more so because of the people who have been added, but not risen after his move from uh, one of the worst. Actually, now one of the worst pitching ballparks in baseball to arguably the best pitching ballpark in baseball. One of those concerns has to do with his schedule, which is the Yankees, despite the fact that he just shut them down. Going Did he really pitch. today? No, 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 he went... Uh, uh, oh, uh, the previous time. Yeah, right, right. I was about to yeah, say, yeah, did yeah. he the, Oh, Marco Gonzalez did not do well. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but it's still, like, so, I did it two more times. Like, just because he succeeded once, it's like, still a gauntlet, you know? Of course. So, like I said, people should be reading the notes, but for those listening at home, get into a little bit more about why, despite the move, Luis Castillo not on the rise for you. So this is the Master of Puppets, where it feels like, okay, this is the ascension of, of this tier, right? And I I like as often as I can on the list to to separate the aces gonna ace guys tier wise from those that aren't as much as I can. Sometimes I'm like, I know I'm gonna give it to them. I'm gonna give it to them this week. Let me just include these other guys. The other ones are like tenuous and maybe about to lose it, right? But I with Luis Castillo, 
the things that we like about uh, or like about Safeco versus Cincy, it's kind of wild. What do you think Luis Castillo's home run fly ball rate in Babbitt bar this year? Elevated. Elevated, right? That's a great answer because that was such a stupid question. I, I should have given you like a certain number. His Babbitt is 257. His home run fly ball rate is 10%. Hit per nine is 6.7. I... You know, I, I'm looking at all of this left on base rate, 76%, right? And there's this idea that, oh, you go to a new park and all of a sudden things are going to go your way. Well, it's more about the things that haven't gone your way will go your way, right? And I don't really think a lot hasn't gone Luis Castillo's way in Cincy thus far. So the one you could say one thing, well, then he'll live more to that FIP of 321 and won't get worse. Like, that's good. And all the th- those things are nice. Sure. Um, but I don't, I think it's a little, I don't know. Guys change parks a lot and sometimes we have expectations and they live them and sometimes they don't. And I just didn't really want to go and assume everything right away to say like, Oh, Luis Cassie is totally different. Now, a lot of the times we make assumptions, it's more about the organization and we believe they will affect them. Like Joe Musgrove leaving from the pirates to the Padres. Oh no, there, he's not going to throw those sinkers inside as much, right? Garrett Cole going to the Astros, right? Just essentially anyone from the Pirates. Um, I don't necessarily think that what Luis Castillo has been doing as a red needs to be tweaked. He's been throwing high fastballs effectively, 97, 98 miles per hour. Changeups are down. Uh, so are sore sliders, not usage, but actual locations. He just, he'll just keep doing that. So I don't really think there is a massive difference. And I'd say the biggest one really is schedule and also not having the same floor as he did in Cincy, which is great. But then again, you throw in two Yankee starts now. I'm like, you know what? Do well, and I'll give you the aces good ace tag, and then I'll put you up in the next tier. Ta-da. Yeah. It's it's a very good point to be made, too, about what you said about, you know, I, and I'm, I, I, I fall victim to this. I, I, I had a tweet about Luis Castillo that theoretically fall, fell victim to this. Um there's so much nuance involved in infield defense, especially when it comes to outs above average, because overall, as I tweeted, the Reds have a terrible defense that they was constantly behind Luis Castillo. However, when Luis Castillo was on the bump, the infield defense was actually beneficial for him by outs above average, right? It's, it might not be beneficial to look at infield defenses overall when trying to evaluate the pitcher's performance with them behind him. With that said, you know, there's enough volatility there that we can't really say how that's going to go, right? Right. But we do know that the pitching park is going to be better. But what we need to see then arguably is how much better and if that's immediately going to have an impact on him. Correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought you uh, had more and then you just stopped. No, no, I just stopped. <laughs> just stopped in the middle. Of the yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so the other person that we should. Yeah, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Hi, Jeff. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just, I'm just so antsy. Because no, th- no, 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 <laughs> no, I wrote it down. Stop. You wrote it down. Stop. I was going to save you again. No, you were it. about to do it. And then I interrupted Don't you. Do it. Yes. No, is, is that right? Yeah, one more person. And then we were about to do it. <laughs> Zip you know it. what? You know what? Zip it. You know what? It's been ruined. So before we can get into your thoughts, about <laughs> well, I don't even Freddy know what Peralta, you're talking about. Before we can get into your thoughts about Freddie Peralta and wrap up this tier, we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> 
Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show uh, no, no, yeah. I wrote it down. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. This is, you know, everybody listening right now because Fast is like, what? You're still going to leave this in the podcast? Yes, I am. Um, Normally we take like a nice little chit chat break for a second, but not today because Sometimes that was just cries. <laughs> <laughs> like, how could you, Fast? I need more support. You're not giving it's, it to me. If you ever. Don't talk about this player again. Oh man. Um yeah. We're gonna talk about Freddie Peralta, I guess now, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Freddie Peralta yeah. is going to be making his return this week. Uh is he a still ill? Jacob DeGrom obviously isn't. Is Freddie Peralta? I a little bit. Um, from what I remember, and I'm double checking right now, um, but from what I remember, he didn't throw a ton. Um, in his rehab, um, like other guys, yeah, it was 3.1 innings, 13 batters faced. So, there is a word I, I, I didn't put into the list, and I should have about maybe probably gets piggybacked a little bit as opposed to like a full on start. I think really what's most important though with this one, I mean, again, think of like the 2020 season if you knew Peralta was going to be limited in the first start, but then starting after, you would still go after Freddie Peralta pretty aggressively, right? Mm-hmm. And I have him, I guess, kind of at the, at the bottom of this tier at 34. I feel like if he shows up and his dominant was four-seamer and his breaking ball, like, he across 70 pitches or something. Yeah, okay. You're going to feel really dang good about Peralta and who's going to care, right? Like, that's done. So I, I put him down here. And also, tier five, I think, like, the, I put him at the end of the guys that I think, like, yeah, these are the ones that have ace potential and can be really sore. And I don't know if I expect that much from tier five and below. So I felt like Freddie Peralta being at 34, the end of that was the best place I could put him. Mm-hmm. Smart logic. Um, well, thanks. On. Let's move on to tier five, 35 through 42. Luis Garcia, Tristan McKenzie, Nestor Cortez, Zach Gallen, Logan Gilbert, Christian Javier, Tywin Walker, and Tyler Anderson. What is it called and why is it called that? Hmm. This, I... Um, this is called, ah, uh, man, I got to do bands, right? Okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, who, who are these guys? Are they, do they matter? Like what <laughs> I'm trying to like, normally with these themes, I always have a feeling yeah. that I have about them. Of course. And I'm going to call them Genesis. Cause I don't know how I feel about them. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, well, Genesis, that's a whole another conversation that we can have. Cause I've who, just never, who, I've just never sat down and listened to them in full sure. and like really so give them my promised ear 
of them. Yeah. I mean, I want the real, I want the true Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins version. Like that's what I want. You want Peter Gabriel? You yeah. Want okay. Um, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's it's a wild version that one. It, a lot of crazy videos from earlier. I don't care about the. I I I just got to go down and sit through the full discography and be like, all right, this is this is what it is. Anyway, I don't know what to make of these guys. That, the other, I was gonna say the other thing that's a little bit crazy that we could talk about, not just Genesis, is Tristan McKenzie and kind of what's been going on with his breaking pitches and whether or not that's sustainable. Maybe you're dropping him of three is an inkling uh, that it isn't sustainable, uh, or maybe it's just there are dudes that have risen above him. But it's Spencer uh, Strider but- going up to thirty three, Freddie Peralta and Jacob Degrom. Okay, so it isn't anything with the fact that the slider has just been pretty useless. Yeah, the slider has been really bad, but the curveball has been really good. It has been, yeah. It so, has been. The slider's just been all over the place in terms of command. I mean, it's just it's not been, been a well really located bad. pitch for him. Yeah. The four seamer's still having you know a fair amount of success, um, but he definitely got bit a little bit against Boston. So I didn't know if maybe you were just concerned that that uh, trend was going to continue. But you kind of hit the nail on the head already with him saying, "Hey, don't be concerned. It's just other guys appearing." But what about Logan Gilbert? I mean, uh, the other guys fall three, he falls four. So you made a conscious choice there to move him down uh, one more, coming off back-to-back quality starts against Houston twice, but still not thinking uh, that that's enough to move him up or keep him keep him where he is. So by the way, uh, Tristan McKenzie's curveball has the fourth highest swing strike rate among all starting pitching curveballs at 22%. Wow. Which is pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, by the way, you can get that kind of information on our player pages. You should be using them. They are cool and amazing. I It's absolutely free. Logan Gilbert, two starts against the, the Astros. Yeah, six innings, two earned runs each. I I really liked his curveball on the 23rd. I thought that was something that we might see a lot, 28% usage in that one. And I didn't really see it. The slider did all right. But I, I, I sit, take Logan Gilbert, and I think of how the rest of the season is going to play out and how the offseason is going to go. And I just I don't think that this is a, a sustainable approach for this hovering three ERA and uh 115 whip and 23% K rate, I really see like a more like a three five, three six, which isn't bad at all. That's why he's here. But I think there's gonna be some bad performances down the road here in the second half, more so than I think the other guys. Um and it's a 23% K rate. He's not someone that goes out there and really hints at a ton of strikeouts. I mean, that's not fair necessarily of of seven, four, eight, six in the last four games. But yeah, I, I just, I think compared to the other ones here, um, Luis Garcia, he's been doing excellent work. I mean, he's just stumbled once, but whatever. Tristan McKenzie, as we talked about, Nestor Cortez is actually showing, showing life again. Zach Allen, who has been an absolute stud um, through the year, 324 ERA, 101 whip, as opposed to 115 of, of Gilbert, at the cost of the ERA being different, similar strikeout rate. Um, I think he can get better. Um, while Logan Gilbert can get worse, but I mean, it's very, very close on the same tier here. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next tier. Cause there's a few guys that I want to talk about. Uh, of course, as I move on to that tier, I accidentally click out of that page, but don't worry. We're back <laughs> 43 through 50 Lance Lynn, Mike Clevenger, Blake Snell, Miles Michaelis, Martin Perez, Jose Barrios, Tarek Skubal, and Andrew Keeney. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is a sad, sad one. Um, this is the Stevie Ray Vaughn tier. Mm. Um, because they can be so good in short sense. And <laughs> he's oh 
Man, it sucks so much to see Ravon passed away. Uh, he's so freaking good. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay, a dark, right. a I just, I, no, I'm just like, I'm just like, man, mm, sure. My heart. I hear you. Like, I hear he's you. So, uh, he's so talented and such a good dude. All right. Yeah. There Steve are, Ravon, um, there's the, you know, it's kind of fun to play out which one of these is not like the others because two of them that kind of stick out a little bit in terms of K upside are Miles Michaelis and Martin Perez, you know, surrounded by guys like Barrios and Snell, even mm-hmm. Clevenger and Scooble, guys who have had a higher K upside over the course of their career. So let's first talk about, I don't think we need to talk about Martin Perez. We've talked about him a good amount over the past couple of weeks, but Miles Michaelis, I want to talk about your decision to put him in this tier surrounded by these people considering hasn't had a, a strikeout game over five um, since June. Um, you know, so it's over a month now, usually having around four or five Ks recently. You know, we'll talk about that balance uh, where he is in the middle of the tier. Is it just the peripherals that he's providing that puts him there? Sure. It's tier six and tier seven are very similar. Um, and they're, it's, it's all pretty much the ceiling guys. And tier six is, hey, we all know like that you've been really good or you can be really good. But are you going to be really good? Mm. And Miles Michaelis fits that bill, like Lance Lane and Blake Snell and Mike Clevenger, because he has been so stellar. Third most innings among all starters this year. Uh, 25th in ERA, 13th in whip, right? Uh, 286 and 099 whip for uh, Miles Michaelis. It's just, okay, you have a 19% strike every 121st among all starters. Uh, is this going to last or not? And you feel that way with all these guys here. So I felt that him and Martin Perez, the ultimate Vargas rule of this season, uh, belong to be among those others. Okay. Uh, the other person that we should hint on a little bit more uh, optimism is Andrew Heaney. Um, obviously been kind of an up and down season in terms of injury for him reappears uh, at the end of July with a, a, a pretty solid start against the nationals going four innings with three walks, four K's just one hit over that time. Um, really really featuring uh, that sinker in that first start, you know, only going four frames, like we mentioned, um, or is this just kind of a wait and see approach with him because you don't know which way he's going to trend quite yet? Well, yeah, he's at 71 pitches, right? So he's right on the precipice of getting that 80, 85, which essentially means like, yeah, you can go five plus innings at that point, And that makes you a serviceable starter to me. And he, the biggest question to me is after the first two starts of the year where he tallied 16 strikeouts in 11, essentially 10.1 innings, actually, it was a slider command. It was better than I ever saw with his curveball um that breaking ball was insanely good down in glove side wasn't quite as good uh in this start or the previous one uh from his return uh back in uh back in june so i hope that comes back but the sinker is really good um and there's some really good art uh things out there i think i i saw it on twitter as well talking about sinkers with rise um and heaney has a good one so uh, if he keeps that pitch up, what he was in that start, things can be very good for him. Looking forward to tier seven, 51 through 58. This is a fun tier. A lot of fun dudes to talk about. Lucas Giolito, Reed Detmers, Nick Lodolo, Aaron Ashby, Tyler Molly, Jesus Cesardo, Patrick Sandoval, and Joe Ryan. What's it called? Why is it called that? Uh, let's go with the Hendricks tier. <laughs> Keeping the same theme, right? Uh, as the other one of uh, really young studs. Uh, we, we, we believe have such a promising future. Um, so I read Detmers and Ludolo to me 
are a little step or a step together above Aaron Ashby at the moment. And I know that there are 52, 53, 54, but there is a larger gap between Lodolo and Ashby than Detmers and Lodolo. Well, let, let's talk a little bit about Detmers first, because that man is cooking with gas. I mean, th- there have been some good starts in, in July. And then this I thought he was electric, is- not gas. OK, <laughs> boo. Uh, the, he comes <laughs> in with this this start uh against texas even though it's a no decision he gets the gallows pull he gets the golden goal he gets the king call meaning he's getting the whiffs he's getting the csw 10 whiffs on the slider alone is this it is is it are you rushing to the uh to your player pool and seeing if reed detmers is available i mean you've read the sp roundup what are the last three words do you remember it's in caps i can't i can't read wow okay. uh it's get detmers now yeah um cash now um eight seven seven uh 10 slider whiffs on 28 thrown in an immaculate inning demers also elevated four seamers super effectively nine over 45 whiffs and uh if you remember me talking about demers early in the season it was all about when is the slider going to kick in and it does the curveball is legit 39 percent csw on that don't forget about that he got that in uh over the plate effectively Paired with that good heater, which has improved, good mechanical tweak in the minors. Um, Buddy Carlisle, I believe, um, uh, hooked him up with that one. And now he has a slider cooking. And, oh, my God, this is everything we dreamed of. This is what I saw in spring training that mm-hmm. said, go get Detmers. And then it was gone. And the slider wasn't doing its thing. It's doing its thing. This is it. Go get him. This is it. Um the other person that well, there's two people that I really kind of want to hit upon in, in this tier, but let's save the, the, the kind of negative one for a little bit later. The, the positive one, Nick Lodolo. I mean, yeah, it, it's a, it's a struggling Baltimore team offensively, um, but, and a struggling Miami team offensively before that, but that's now back-to-back starts with six innings, just three, a uh, one earned run, excuse me, three runs total earned over that time with 16 Ks racked up in that time as well. Really fun pitch separation between that sinker curveball and changeup in that most recent start against Baltimore. Are any fear whatsoever in this upcoming start against the Brewers? It was obvious, uh, honestly, his, his, you know, his biggest offensive struggle since uh, uh, the Cardinals a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the Imperial Shuttle is the word you're looking for, I believe, of his pitch Let's go, baby. You said it was fetch, and you brought it back. The things I do for Fast's wedding anniversary. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> um, but I... No, Wait, what this, is the Imperial Shuttle, by the way, for those who don't remember? It's your turn, Fast. I'm not going to okay, go that it far. Is, <laughs> it's essentially it's a, it's, a, it's a triangle. It's a triangle. It's it's a pitch up top, a pitch down and in, and a pitch down and away. It's the Imperial Shuttle <laughs> from Star Wars. Sure. So I, Nick Lodolo, among all look at the top 200 starting pitchers in batter's face. That's how we you do our ranks, by the way. Anytime you see it, you know, 24, 34, 173rd, it's we take the top 200 starters in the league based on how many batters they faced. And Nick Lodolo's strikeout rate is 12th highest in the majors. That's, That's unbelievable. That's because his stuff is so dang good. 30% strikeout rate for Nick Lodolo. I mean, it's 38.1 innings. I do have to say that. Yeah. Very know, much but so. But stuff man. Is and uh, yeah, he's doing that pitch separation. I, I watched this one. Um, fastballs away uh arm side that were really really hard that your orioles were jumping out of their shoes for it mm-hmm. that changeup worked well the slider down and it worked well i mean 
Mm. I I dig it so much. He lo- he looks really hard to hit. And I just wish he had a better camera angle than Cincinnati as a lefty. Yeah, it's better. Yeah. Uh, it's the worst. I can't, I'm like, okay, is this a change of perspective? Good news is that he has three velocity bands, which I think actually helps him a lot. In uh, it's not a changeup in a slider that are the same 89 or something. It's a changeup at 89 and then the curveball at 82, 83. And then you have the fastball at 94. And that's, I, I dig that a lot. I think that's actually is very helpful with Lerdola because as a righty, you don't know if you're going to get that curveball down and in. You don't know if it's going to be a changeup away. Mm. And it affects you if it's at 82 versus 80, 88. Uh, so I, I think this is great from Lerdola. As long as he throws strikes, like he will succeed in the majors um i i paul spore i don't know if you're listening to this podcast i know you do listen to the podcast very frequently but i'm glad well, that's a humble uh, brag what you know he, he knows we talk it's a weird it's a weird flex but okay <laughs> uh i i don't know if you realize that i venmoed rocco baldelli uh to keep joe ryan in his most recent game to get that era as close to four <laughs> as possible because coming into this start it looked like i was dead in the water that there was no way joe ryan's uh, era at the end of the year was going to be above four and here he is giving up 10 earned runs over four and two thirds with a now 3.78 era a, I don't know what Rocco Baldelli is thinking, leaving that man and giving up that many home runs. B, five home Nick, runs. You, you, you saw the five home runs. You're willing to give this up for Pablo, uh, for, um, for Pablo Lopez, but you knocked him down 17 spots. Um, by the way, the, the Atlanta just acquired Matt Bush from the Rangers. Um, sorry, I thought it was going to be more serious than that. I realized it was just a reliever. We don't talk about relievers here. Um, I just fell asleep when he's yeah, he's he's a starter. He opens. Okay. The thing about Joe Ryan is he hasn't had his slider working and it's been a concern of mine. And I even against the Tigers, but that was the Tigers and he still succeeded with it. He had two starts before that Tigers of just six strikeouts across nine uh, innings. It I I think this was a product of his secondary stuff missing and I'm terrified of it. The massive drop, I think, is also an indication of a lot of guys rising. Uh, you had a lot of those young players needing to get pushed up. I had to give more love to Martin Perez as well. I had to give the three guys their respect back as well. Tyler Malley, Tyler Malley just did well against the Orioles in Cincinnati. I believe he'll get dealt. He had mm-hmm. to move up. So 17 really was like more of an eight drop. It looks like a 17 because of this. Uh, is what I'm trying to get at. Miles Michaelis needed to jump up, right? Um, so it looks more aggressive, and it's still inside the top 60. You know, this is actually like around where I had Joe Ryan in the preseason. So, I, look, I don't think that he's going to be bad for your team. Detrimentally, shouldn't be dropping Joe Ryan after this 10 run start. That's obviously too much of a whiplash to do that. Do I have concerns, legitimate concerns, about his secondary stuff while I feel more confident in Detmers and Lodolo? Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. Okay. Yeah, that's that's still a little harsh, but sounds about right. Um, let's move on to tier eight, 59 through 67. Uh, Merrill Kelly, Marcus Stroman, Jose Arquiti, Jordan Montgomery, Sean Manaya, Sonny Gray, Carlos Carrasco, Jeffrey Springs, Michael Kopech. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, Man, this is a band? I got to do this as a, a, a band? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'll call them the band. <laughs> 
Well done. Well done. Why the band? Why the band? Uh, because um, even though they say that you can, I, uh, you know, share the weight, um, they feel like a weight at times. Oh, very lovely. Let, let's talk with the best pitcher in baseball, uh, uh, or talk about the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. It's Merrill Kelly. The man is on a hell of a bender right now. Is over his last 21 innings, he's allowed one earned run you heard that correct 21 innings one earned run uh in his last two starts he's gone 16 excuse me 15 innings with 15 strikeouts against atlanta and san francisco what is going on and then what i need you to finish with is a definitive who is the bigger vargas rule between him and martin perez Ah, uh, right. So we've actually we actually talked about that uh, inside of Twitch today, as I did the roundup, or not the roundup, the uh, the article today for the um, for the list as I constructed this. Um, <laughs> I one hundred percent left on base rate is fine. Uh, it's kind of funny. It, it messes us up in these last three starts. I'm just kind of looking at it right now. It's a hundred percent left on base rate, but I think based on how left on base rate is calculated, it gets it's like returning 103 percent it's kind of weird mm. uh but anyway uh babbitt was 220 um three percent walk rates i don't know it, it it seems very i'll put it this way merrill kelly i don't believe truly has anything exceptional uh it's all fine and working and i'm happy for him but that change up that we were really excited before about as a 24 percent csw and a 25% hard contact rate like okay mm. Cutter has a 23% rate and a 61% uh, strike rate despite a 176 batting average allowed that I just don't think is going to stick uh, the sinker is fine I, you know there's a lot of what Merrill Kelly brings to the table that to me is sure it, it, I guess it's going and you're going to Vargas rule him but as far as pushing the needle uh, the man has about a 20% strikeout rate um, the whip is still 113, despite how good it is. And I'm saying it's going to get worse, which means like then it's going to be like a 120, 125. And then you're kind of questioning how much you're helping uh, and so on and so forth. It It's all just, I wish I had something better to latch onto uh, for, for what he is doing and how he's having a success. But it's just, yeah, it's a Vargas rule. So, okay, here you go. Enjoy your higher rank. Jordan Montgomery seems to be in a little bit of a free fall right now. He falls 25 spots on the list, you know, back-to-back poor starts against Kansas City and the Mets. Uh, Before that, a a really solid start against Houston. Even in this most recent start, he had a 35.4% CSW, picking up a good amount of whiffs on the curveball and the sinker, as well as uh, called strikes in the curveball and the sinker. is that indicative that he could be heading in the different direction moving forward? Well, Jordan Montgomery is turning more into a Toby and it's destroying me. And it's a case of, all right, am I going to hold on to Jordan Montgomery or am I going to go after Reed Denver's? I'm going to go after Reed Denver's. Mm-hmm. And Merrill Kelly's on this Vargas rule and Stroman's looking like the guy from before and Jose Arquiti is looking great. So I'm not going to favor him and said, I mean, sure you can go after Sean I if you want after his last start, which had his changeup working well in the slider was thrown once uh in 92 miles per hour on the fastball and he destroyed the twins but i mean yeah the bears should be better and it should be fine and you should be okay having him on your team it's just not someone 
um, that I feel you need to hold on to at all costs, kind of like tier six. Okay, let's move on to the next tier here. Tier uh, uh, nine, tiny little baby tier. You really threw me off when you just said tier six because you're referring to tier six, obviously. <laughs> did not compute. Tier nine, 68 through 73, Alex Wood, Braxton Garrett, Josiah Gray, Hunter Green, Brady Singer, and Alex Cobb. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, it's called Black Sabbath because you, you want to love them, but then you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, and who more fitting uh, to talk about in that respect than the greatest pitcher in baseball? Uh, <laughs> Brady Brady Singer just been woof. We were blown away by the 12K performance against the Rays. And we said, that's fun, but nice try, Brady. And what does he do? He comes back against the Yankees with 10Ks. 10 slider whiffs, 40% called strikes on sinkers. Uh, just a, an unbelievable start, completely flummoxing the Yankees. Two back-to-back starts against the White Sox coming up. Not terrifying. What are you thinking about Brady Singer? So I talked to Chris Weber, a.k.a. Schwebzy, uh, about Brady Singer. And this is, I'm just going to read the Discord messages I sent. Command command amazing against the Yankees. Don't trust that the changeup makes a difference. He's a cherry bomb still. We've seen it before. Vargas rule him because the reward is worth the risk for now. Mm. That's that's it. We've seen this before from Brady Singer. Yeah, we have. Yeah. And it's not, I really don't genuinely believe anything is different. All of a sudden he just fixed his command. I don't know. He's a guy in good rhythm right now. And he normally doesn't last more than like four starts, but fine. He gets the White Sox next. Go for it. Hopefully it works out. The uh, We're going to move on to the next tier because it's another teeny little baby tier, even teenier than tier nine. It's tier 10. Corey Kluber, Adam Wainwright, Noah Syndergaard, and Jamison Tyone. Oh, this is a tough one to, to do because there's a lot of great 60s, 70s, 80s bands with just four people in the band. Uh, what, what are you going to do here? Um, This one is called Stillwater. Why? Do you do you know the band Stillwater Pass? No, I know. I just know the music company Stillwater. I don't know if I know the oh, band Stillwater. Uh, the band Stillwater is a fictional band from the movie Almost Famous. Ah, yes, of course. And they were just yeah. a, they just were good. They got it done. But you know, their true success was a little fictional. Okay. Yeah, I dig that. The one person that I kind of wanted to talk about then in this tier is someone that we kind of heard bandied about in, in trade rumors, or at least I've seen it on Twitter, and that's Noah Syndergaard. I mean, this is a guy with a, a 383 ERA in the year right now, a 1.21 whip. There isn't really anything particularly about him that screams an asset that people need to go buy right now, especially considering he has that sub 20% K rate, just around 19%. Um a really good, well, a very nice start uh, against Kansas City. Just comes close to that quality start. Doesn't end up getting it. Before that, very shaky against Houston. Good start against Miami. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call him consistent over the year. He drops five here. What are you thinking about Noah Syndergaard? I think Noah Syndergaard is still struggling to figure out how he actually gets his outs. Uh, is it just in play with sinkers and four seamers and then sliders for called strikes? Slider is, is acting like a curveball. It's a 24% called strike rate and 10% swing strike rate with a 61% strike. It's, it's like, what? That's not right. Uh, changeup is trying to be his out pitch. It's a 41% two strike usage and 70% swing strike rate on it, which isn't bad at all. But I don't really trust that Syndergaard can be close anywhere close to the 24 percent strike every guy he used to be so it's a toby i mean this is the toby tier right mm-hmm. and syndergaard could be I, I think the angels would be foolish to not try to trade him why not 
you know, somebody can use innings from Syndergaard. Sure. I, there's, there's so many teams that need a, a fourth or fifth starter right now. I mean, sure. Yeah, it was the Red Sox and they're out of it, essentially. I guess not, but they are, but they aren't. I mean, they maybe they can give a little bit to get Syndergaard, not have to spend much at all and take a chance on that, right? Like, yeah. I think that Syndergaard should be changing teams, but regardless, yeah, he's a topi for your fantasy teams. All right, let's move on to tier 11, uh, 78 through 85. Nathan Ivaldi, George Kirby, Ranger Suarez, Cole Irvin, Eric Lauer, Jake Odorizzi, Johnny Cueto, and Jose Quintana. What's it called and why is it called that? I, oh, what was the band? Oh, I, I know the song. What was the band? All right, it was the Hocus Pocus tier. Hocus Pocus tier. You don't oh, know that the, from the movie Hocus Pocus? No, I think it's called Hocus Pocus. And I, it's a song with a yodeling in it. Maybe mm, me. Um, the, the first question <laughs> I have for you. Uh, no, 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 wait, hold on, hold on. I focus song. It's by the band Focus. Yeah, that's why I couldn't remember it because I thought that was wrong and that was right. Okay, it's but uh, trust me, oh just God. listen to it. It's just kind of out there, and it's like you hear this, and this it's essentially a one-hit wonder. Uh, and that's what this these guys do a lot. Uh, and they're kind of all over the place. And you're like, do I actually want to listen to this album in full or do I not? And it's just very much like, all right, maybe I'll just stream them once and that's it. Mm. Uh, so you have Quintana, Cueto, um, and Cole Irvin, who are essentially Tobies at this point, that you can stream here and there and just play the matchups. Ranger Sword still has his changeup going now. Oh, is that who you want to ask about? Because Ranger well, Sword has his changeup. Yeah, there was two things. One, I was going to say, is Nathan Evaldi fully droppable with the with the fastball yeah. velocity not back? Three to where straight it was, starts then, of ninety four yeah. and change instead of like ninety seven. It's Scary. bad. And then yeah, I wanted to talk about Ranger Suarez. You know, coming off the best start of the year for him with the eight Ks. And but go ahead, you were talking about his changeup. Um, Tigers have traded Robbie Grossman. I uh, the. Ooh, the changeup is beginning whiffs. Uh, last start, it was um, four out of 18, and the one before that was seven out of 15. Sinker command has been really good. Cutter command has been really good. Four seamer command has been really good. This is a hint of the Ranger Suarez from last year. I mean, I know it was just the Pirates, eight strikeouts and six things. Fine. Pirates, laugh out loud. Ha ha ha. I'll actually do the thing instead of saying that. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, look. I remember when Suarez at the beginning of the year was just so bad. Four plus E right and everything. He has a three six now. It's a 135 whip. But there is hope in these last two months that Ranger Suarez can replicate something close to what we thought last year. Um, and when people drafted him at the beginning of the season, thinking like, no, he doesn't need to be a four year rate guy, but he can be like a three five, three six. And I could see that easily for the next two months. There is one trade that just happened seven minutes ago that uh, involves someone in this tier that we uh, should probably talk about. And that's Jake Odorizzi on the move to um, uh, Atlanta. He is now a Atlanta Brave swap. Right. Will Smith. Yeah, he is now uh, an Atlanta Brave. Um, any I mean, going from a winning ball club to a winning ball club, providing a bit more depth in Atlanta. What are your first thoughts there? I wonder. Uh, I mean, Ian Anderson just had his best start of the year. Um, I mean, he's the number five. Mm-hmm. So I do, huh? That's a very intriguing move. And for the Astros to get rid of Odorizzi, I mean, they're pretty much saying like the colors, let's go. That's fascinating. Did that really happen? 
According to MLBTradeRumors.com, that indeed happened. Really? I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know if, um, you know, obviously, like you said, the one through five right now for Atlanta is Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, and Ian Anderson. I'm telling you, I really do think down the line, Spencer Strider gets converted to kind of a, a fireman, long relief guy. Uh, that's um, an interesting point. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to move on that yet um in my for my fantasy teams i think that's too much of an assumption especially of how good he is and if Atlanta wants to really make this push like they're gonna they're going to want to rely on that you know um he's at 80 innings thus far i think they can make it work for him i but yeah i don't i don't know if i really care uh i mean i it's it's start to start with odorizzi I think he's looked good the last four. So I know it wasn't two starts against uh, Oakland were not good. The first one was really good. But I still think actually his command was pretty solid. And it was really good against the Mariners. Uh, if you know Odorizzi, you want that red painted up in the zone. And then all the secondaries down. All the secondaries were down for Odorizzi in this. So hopefully you can't carry that over if he is starting. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, so, oh, they got Robbie Grossman too, uh, the Atlanta. Wow, really really making a push. Um, so so that's interesting. But uh but yeah, I don't it's not it doesn't change my ranking for him. I mean, being in the Astros is beneficial generally for being on a winning team and everything. Hmm. So I mean Atlanta's winning too. It's just about who they face. Well, last person we should talk about in this tier, someone who was on the move earlier in the day, Jose Quintana, uh now going to be in St. Louis. Does that move the needle for you at all on him? I no, it's a Vargas rule right now. Um, command is amazing. His fastballs up and, and curveballs down have been cruising the entire season. And it's kind of nice for the results to go his way recently. I should mention George Kirby dropping 22 spots as well. Um, as I think Kirby gets kicked out of the rotation because of Luis Castillo, but he does have a really good start ahead against the Angels for a doubleheader that you mm. do want. So he's still up there. All right, let's move on to the final tier, tier 12, 86 through 100. Uh, Big old chonker, Ross Stripling, Yusei Kikuchi, Zach Plezak, Drew Rasmussen, Mitch Keller, Ian Anderson, Kyle Gibson, Marco Gonzalez, Chris Flexen, James Caprillion, Keegan Thompson, Jacob Junis, Justin Steele, Andre Pallante, and last but not least, number 100 himself, Bailey Falter. What's it called? Why is it called that? This one is called the Keith Richards tier because they're somehow alive. (laughs) <laughs> and I, you know, it, it's just like, look, you need a song. The, the Stones got you. There's a song. Mm. We got tons for ages over the years. Um, I mean, all of these are, if you really need to find stuff, I, there are actually more guys to that I had to cut, I think, more so than usual this week because we didn't really have any injured guys, many guys falling off the list. Um, But yeah, there are. I don't really want to chase any of them. That's why they're all in one chunker of a tier. Okay. Um, so you talk, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Ian Anderson, start of the year, no change for you. What's going on there? I mean, he's a cherry bomb. And sure, he had his one good start. Fine. But it does not change anything. We can't trust it. Don't believe his lies. Do you, I looked at the notes of this, it wasn't quite there. There, if if JP Sears does get a rotation spot in Oakland, does he come into the 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 top 100 and maybe the back 80? 
Um, one final thought. The Athletics received J.P. Sears and Ken Waldachick in their hall for Frankie Modest. I imagine one of them will likely get a chance for regular starts moving forward. I can't rank them as they're not confirmed, but I wouldn't be shocked if one becomes a considerable ad or streamer in the near f- future. Keep an eye out. So that's what I'm saying, though. If they are added, are you yeah. putting them in the, yeah. in the, in the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah they'll, they'll be, they would be there, yes. All right. Um, well, I think it's very poetic that we should end the way that we usually end, which is giving a little bit of love to our new top number 100, right? Bailey Falter jumps in at, at number 100. Uh, for those unfamiliar, starter for the Phillies coming off of a really great start against Pittsburgh where he, you know, threw 8Ks, got a nice five pitch mix usually focusing on the four seam slider uh sinker although he does kind of pepper in a few curveballs and change-ups there what are you thinking about bailey falter who i believe was the focus of your roundup yeah the daily the bailey double um, oh wait i completely forgot to praise you two weeks ago for uh what might have been my favorite one yet which was oh no well was, for uh, bailey falter yes you think about it you can go on look on the category archive if you need help no it was the nathan for you one Oh, I knew you'd like that one. Great Nathan one. for you. Yeah. Um, well done. Uh, thank you. Uh, he had seven whiffs on his four-seamer, and the question is, do we believe that that will stick at all for Bailey Falter? I would say probably not, but if it does, he clearly is successful with it, and and that's that's really it. That's why he's at 100, because I always love seeing a guy we don't care about have success, and maybe now we do care about him. So keep an eye on Bailey Falter. I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe it does. All right, Nick, uh, it's Christmas Eve for a lot of baseball fans. It's the night before the trade deadline. Um, uh, Who are you most excited outside of Juan Soto to see potentially moved tomorrow? Any amazing starting pitcher. Show me all the starting pitchers. Pablo Lopez, Tyler Malley. Uh, I want to see all the cool moves with starting pitchers. Bring them up. I heard. Last I heard, Dodgers interested in Pablo Lopez. Very yeah, Dodgers funny. are interested in everybody. That's true. But that also means he's good. Um, all right, <laughs> Nick. Uh, until then, this has been episode number 335 of On the Corner of the Official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. We'll talk to you guys next week.